praise you, Lord. Stratford Heights this morning. So good to see you in God's house. 
We've come to worship him. We've just come from early service at 8.30 and then the Sunday school hour. And uh, if you miss Sunday school, you miss one of the best things that goes on at Stratford Heights. We study God's word and it just inspires us and helps us. And it's wonderful to be able to get with God's people and study his word. So Sunday school is always a blessing at 9.30. And then, of course, this is the 10.45 service. And then tonight at 6, our reg uh, regular worship service on Sunday evening. And uh, if you want to um, watch the General Assembly this week, please just go ahead and, and log on www.churchofgod.org in the news and then convention. And I think you can live scan the live stream the whole General Assembly. I watch the business meetings and the service at night, the preaching is out of sight. It's just wonderful. So you that can, take advantage of that, and um, you'll be blessed by it. Well, I have some good news. Rebecca Tram's daughter is home. Adriana, our 13-year-old teenager, is she here? She isn't here, is she, Rebecca? Is she here? Okay, where is she? Stand, uh, Adriana, where are you? Oh, come up here, honey, come here. She's been in seven countries of the world. <laughs> oh, it's precious. It's so good to have you home. We prayed for you, and did you miss us? Yeah. Say a word. Hi. <laughs> she's not a bit bashful, but she's been all over the world. So we want to thank God for bringing her home, don't we? Praise the Lord. That's so good. It's wonderful. To be uh, where you can have God's people to pray for you like that and uh, so we want to be praying for our General Assembly all week and we're glad that you're here if you're visiting our pastor will be back he's at the General Assembly several more are going and uh, this is a time when people in the Church of God all over the world our missionaries in every country almost of the world come into Orlando Florida where they have the business meetings they have the mission service and they all come together for a time of uh, 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 deliberation in the word and uh, services and it's just wonderful and um, we we always did go this is only the second time we missed in probably most of our life but i've got a bad knee i'm going to have fixed so i'm go next time <laughs> but uh, we were glad that you're here today and if you're visiting with us you'll be sure and come back next sunday to hear our pastor brother cameron's going to speak this morning and then um, Brother Tackett tonight, and you'll enjoy. These are men of God, and they know how to preach the word to us. So we'll look forward to that. So let's have all of our visitors remain seated, and all of our members and regular tenders. Would you stand all over the building this morning? And those around you that are seated are our new people. So please take time to shake hands and greet them. Get out and give somebody a God bless you, and greet the people today before we worship. Thank you. There's no greater love than Jesus. There's no greater love than He gives. There's no greater love that frees us. Oh, so deep within. There's no greater love than Jesus. Oh, no. There's no
of this church, of this church. Jesus, be the center of your church. And every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue. Every tongue. Just speak his name. I just want you to keep singing that. Satan, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. We come before the throne of God this morning. Lord, we ask that every need in this house be met. Jesus. <laughs>
Oh God. 
special need and you didn't come down and get prayed for. God is moving right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> and he's in this house for one reason and that's to change your life. If you have a need and you haven't been prayed for, you just didn't feel like coming down, that's the person. I want you to raise your hand up right where you are. I'm not asking you to come down. I want you to look at the people that have their hands raised right now. I want you to make your way to them. I want you to lay hands on them and pray for them. Kevin Caskey, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, that situation will be healed. Sing it one more time, Anna. Lord, with all we have. Pray for him. Pray for him. And with all we are. We have come so far. He lived your name. Your name on high because it's all about you, Jesus. Yes, it's all about you.
sick and tired of hearing about everybody serve they call him Allah they call him everything it's the same it is not the same God my God died he was wounded from my transgressions they put him in the tomb and on the third day he
God, that you would stand up against any foe that would try to tear them down or try to come against them. God, I pray that the enemy schemes that are planned against them would fall and falter. And God, that your work would be done and accomplished. Give protection to the people of Israel. Watch over them, comfort them, guide them, and lead them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, be with them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you would, you can be seated real quick. If you would, I would just like to say a couple of a couple of quick things. Who's excited the presence of the Lord is in the house? Amen. He's the guest of honor here. And like Gary said, when God shows up, he begins to move and begins to work. And he does awesome things. And he knew far before that we would ever walk in the door today. God knew what you needed. He knew your situation. And he loves you. And he cares so much for you. I want to say this. Thank you so much for being faithful to the house of God. Today, you could have done any other thing. You could have been anywhere else. And, and I'm sure you're regimented and you're dedicated to God. And that's the reason why you're here. Amen. But I just want to say thank you so much for being faithful. And thank you so much for being faithful. If you work and serve around our church, you make our church what it is. We do a lot of work being pastors and different things, but you make the ministries happen and you make the work happen. Right now as we speak, all through the building, every classroom practically is full of teachers and our kids, and God is blessing them, and they're being faithful and working, and it's just a beautiful thing. The ministry goes on. But I want to say this today. We have a pastor here at our church, Pastor Ray, Pastor Ray Phillips. He's my hero, one of my, my greatest friends, my hero. He's, he's just the man. <laughs> Today, uh, as we've already stated, he's down. They asked him to speak at a conference that precedes the General Assembly, so he's down there already. He's uh, doing a conference. He's probably right now speaking to thousands of people as we speak. But God is blessing him and being with him. Today is his birthday, and uh, in two weeks... In two weeks is going to be Pastor Appreciation Day. In two weeks, it's August the 10th, and uh, we're going to have a big service that morning at the 8.30 and 10.40 services, and it's going to be wonderful. Be prepared and be ready to bless them with cards and all that kind of good stuff. But I wanted, we're going to take up the offering today as the ushers come forward. This is just a regular offering. All the loose offering that you put in the plate goes to the mission field, and of course, uh, we give you the opportunity to pay your tithes and, and uh, give honor to God. But I wanted, we're going to pray over the offering, but, but in this prayer, and this is, this is totally just me, and, and you might be like, Pastor Richard, you're crazy. But I don't think so. I, he's, our pastor's in Florida right now. We're going to pray that God would bless the offering. But I want to pray a special blessing, and I want you to agree with me that I want to be a blessing to the pastor. I want us to pray that he would be blessed that he would be blessed. He would be blessed just amazingly by God, that God would touch his life, that God would just minister to him, give him strength, give him peace and wisdom, and God would just bless his life in every way possible. Are you with me? We're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to pray. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to pray with all my heart that God would bless our pastor. I see him at the uh, this most strenuous times. I see him at the happy times. I see him at every time there is. This man works hard. He's given his life in every way, shape, form, and fashion. 
And uh, I just want him to be blessed today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for the way that you've moved in our hearts and lives and the people that you've blessed us to be around. God, you've blessed us with this wonderful church and you've filled up classrooms and you've brought up ministry and ministers and, and teachers. You've blessed us in so many ways, God. This could not be anything else but your work and your design. God, I pray that you would bless our church and I pray, God, that you would bless our pastor today on his birthday. I pray especially, God, that you would meet his needs that you would touch his life, that you would bless him abundantly more than he could ever ask or think or hope. God, I pray that you would touch him in every way possible as a pastor and as a man. I pray that you would provide for him today, and I pray that you would help him to know and to see your hand and your blessings on his life. And God, I pray that you would minister to him. I pray that you bless him today. And God, we pray that you would bless the offering today as it's given and the tithes as they come in. God, pray that they would be blessed. Lord, that it would meet the needs of our church and it would touch if the people all around the world that are missionaries. God, we pray that you would just have your way in it and through it. And God, we pray that you would have your way through the rest of today's service. Bless Pastor Cameron as he brings the word. And God, we just love you and honor you. And we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you have a praise in your heart, why don't you just stand up this morning? Why don't you put your hands together and lift your voice and tell the Lord who saved you, healed you, sanctified you, filled you with the Spirit, thank you, give him praise and honor and glory this morning. Aren't you thankful for all he's done? Amen. Aren't you thankful for, for how he's worked in your life and the ministry he's, he's done in you? I'm thankful for that this morning. Amen. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is here this morning. Anybody else feel that? I wonder, I wonder if he's not here for a reason this morning. I wonder if there isn't a life that God is trying to get a hold of this morning. I know he's here for all of us. I know. But I wonder if there isn't somebody that walked in here today that God's been trying to get a hold of. You stumble into church this morning and the Spirit of the Lord broke out. And he's moving and he's touching. I'm going to tell you one of the, the blessings of listening to this choir is watching them. Because what they're singing is on their face. It's in their heart and they're, they're worshiping God. And they're saying that it's such a tremendous blessing and anointing to know. But all of that is to speak to somebody today and to reach somebody today. To touch somebody's life today. I wonder if that's you. In the name of Jesus, I feel the Lord right now. I wonder if it isn't you that God's walking these aisles for this morning, these pews, to touch somebody and encourage somebody and tell them that, that he's able, that he's able, he's the one to look to. Pray with me this morning as we go into the word of God. Father, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for your work this morning. Thank you for your church, God. I still believe, Lord, that there are people, God, that seek you that desire you. Father, I pray that as, as Gary sang and, and we sang this morning, God, you'd be the center of all we do today. Father, touch lives and minister, God, we pray.
continue to do that in Jesus' name. And we give you praise for what you've already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stay standing with me really fast. Go to Genesis chapter 3, if you will. Let's go to the Word of God. I want to share a message with you. Thank the pastor, obviously. We rejoice that he's our pastor. Amen. I rejoice. I'm thankful for that. Also, my, my, uh, my lifelong pastor is in service with us today. My uh, father is back here. Just wave at us, Dad, right there. Right there. Barely see his arm over the... And my mother is also here. I'm sure she's somewhere over there. There she is right there. Wave, Mom, right there. Good. They're with us in service today, all the way from Oklahoma City, just to be in church with you guys this morning. No, I'm kidding. They're here because my sister could have a baby at any second. So they're here to, they would be at the General Assembly themselves, but we have a baby uh, to have this week. Hopefully, she's praying, hopefully, uh, that this baby's ready to, ready to come out. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. Verse 7 through 10, Jesus help. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. But then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. In the cool of the day, as the Lord walked in the garden, and he, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because, because I was naked, so I hid. I hid. Be seated this morning. I want to share a message with you, if I can, for the next few moments as God gives us liberty and freedom and the opportunity called true religion. True religion. Many of you that are in here, I know a lot of you, you read your Bibles and it's very important to you to stay in the Word and to, to continue to be fed um, from the Word and to feed your spirit and your soul. Uh, just like your physical body is fed with food, the Word of God and prayer feeds us eternally. It feeds that which is eternal. And so I'm thankful today for the Word of God and many of you are scholars of that. Many of you spend time in the Word daily and many of you spend time in prayer and and, and, and many of you have heard this story before. Obviously, the fall of mankind is something that, that we talk about and, and something that's very familiar to churches and classrooms and services. And Most of the time, though, when we talk about the fall of man, we focus on the disobedience of mankind to God. And ultimately, because of the disobedience of mankind to God, then what was forced to happen or what God did as a punishment. We, we focus on the punishment of the disobedience. We focus on what God did. We, he forced them to leave what we would, at least from the scripture, we would see as at the very least a paradise type setting, a utopia where, where they were, have, have dominion over the, the Garden of Eden. Uh, Adam was given the authority to name the animals. And there was all kinds of, of splendid uh, things that God gave them. It was a, a tremendous place to be. And we, we focus on that. And we focus on the, the disobedience that came and how God removed that. And, and he put even a, a curse or he put words over mankind from there. Many of you are familiar, if you've read this story at all, that in Genesis chapter 3, he lays down a couple of different things for the man and for the woman. For the man, he lays down that he'll have to work for his now. It doesn't just come to him. He'll have to go out, and it'll be wearisome. It'll be burdensome. It'll be difficult. It'll be toil. And also, the scripture says that that is where death entered the world. 
is when sin entered the world. Death came. And ultimately, the scripture says that God said to Adam, from dust you came and dust you'll now return because of what you've done. And we read also what, what God speaks over the woman, that she will increase pain in her childbearing. And that the husband would be the lead or the head. And we read more about that over in the New Testament because she was the first one that, that fell to this temptation. We see and we focus on all of the, the, um, the consequences of that. But, but I think in the middle of that, we miss something. I think in the middle of this story that's so familiar, we miss something that happens with Adam and Eve. The scripture tells us that, that God came down in the cool of the day to visit with his creation. To visit and fellowship with him. To have relationship with him. I'm somebody that's not a, a scholar, but, but it's easy for me, at least the inference is there, that this was a normal occasion for me in my reading. You read in Genesis chapter 2 that God had came down and given commands to, the, to, a man, or to Adam. And, and so the, the conversation, the fellowship was already there. And so I know that this is the only time that we read about this and the early account of mankind that God came down. But, but for me, as, as I read that, at least the inference is there that this was a common occurrence. The Bible said they knew he was there. They were familiar. They, they were acquainted with, with this coming down, I guess, in my thinking. They knew that God had come down into the garden, but they did a couple of things that I want to notice or I want to pull out this morning as we begin this message. Number one, number one, they were introduced, or, or let, me, let me say they, they did a couple of things. Number one, they realized their condition. Their eyes were open to the fact that they were actually naked. Before sin had entered the world, they did not have any knowledge of that. Their eyes were open to that. And then the Bible says, that, or the scripture tells us that they, they sowed, um, they tried to find leaves and, and tried to cover themselves with that. Isn't that funny how we do that, right? See, I believe that, that, that mankind was exposed to something that forever, forever changed their relationship with God. Not his with us, necessarily, but, but their relationship with him. They were exposed for the first time to shame. They were exposed for the first time to their condition, and it, it, it shamed them. And so they tried to cover it up. Isn't it funny how we try to do that in this world today? Isn't it funny that that void that comes when, when all of us, let me just tell you, we're created to have a relationship with God. All of us were created to walk with our Father and to know Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, in the time we live in and the sacrifice that He made, the perfect sacrifice that He made. And, and, and we walk with the, the shame. Sometimes we come to the place and our failures and, and our, our trip-ups and all of those things, we try our best to, to fill that void that we have. We want to have that relationship with God, but instead of doing that, we try to fix our problems ourselves. We try to depend upon ourselves to, to make it right. And that's what they did. They tried to cover their shame the best they could. And then the Bible says when God came down, he looked for them like he's doing this morning. I was just talking about that. Walking the aisles. He was looking for them, searching for fellowship with them, desiring fellowship with them. And he says to them, he says, where are you? I'm seeking you out. Where are you? And instead of coming out from where they were and running to their creator, the Bible says they hid. They stayed in the shadows. They refused to come out of the shadows, at least at the first sign or, or, or feeling that, that God was there. And it's just like us. We do the same thing. 
When we need God at our greatest time of need, at our greatest moments of need, instead of coming out of the shadows and into God's presence and running to God, our Creator, and seeking out that relationship with Him for whatever reason, we stand back and we hide. We stay in the shadows, but God's calling us out of those places. God's relationship with us and God's relationship with mankind is not so much focused on the consequences of our disobedience. God's relationship with us is something that he wants to have unconditional with us. God's relationship with us and his desires for us is for him to come down and to walk with us and and to talk with us. It's not about filling our, our void for that or our need for that with everything else that's out there. It's ironic to me as we think about this, this void that was caused, this problem that was caused through, through the, the lack of relationship that, that man wanted to have with God at that time. And, and even us today, we still have a, a problem trying to figure that out and trying to seek that out and understand all that there is about that. It, it's interesting to me that, that the curse that was put on man and, and even, uh, and even uh, women that were there, or at least the word that God put down on them, Isn't it funny that we seek to fill the void with the curse instead of with the blessing? Some of us, we have that void. All of us have the need for God and that relationship with God. But instead of filling it with God, some of us fill it with work. Some of us fill it with the toil and the the earning of a living and the income and the seeking out of more and more and, and, and riches and all of these types of things, some of us find our confidence in those. If I can, some of us men and even women, if I can provide for my family, if I can rise up in the company that I'm in, if I can do this, if I can do that, if I can make a name for myself, if I can just buy this car, if I can just get debt free, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But some of us, we work, we work and we work and we work and we find our confidence and our substance in that and we work hard to fill that void. Some of us, and and men and women both, and men and women the same in this, some of us that are are ladies and even husbands that are here today, we try to fill that void with families. We try to attach ourselves to a husband and find our confidence, and even though that's a part of it, I know that's a good thing, and we have kids, and we try to fill that void, that need for relationship with God, hear me. That need to come out of the shadows and into his glorious presence. That need to be where he is and to walk with him in right relationship and sincere relationship and, and the soundness of heart. And instead of that, we seek to fill that void with, with families and we seek to fill that void with all of those things. I love a family. I love a good dollar. I like to go out and work and I love to, to make money and I love my family and my girls and I promise you there, there's nothing that's more important to me but my relationship with God, my wife. But let me tell you something, they're not God. They're not God. They're my family, and I promise you, as I get in right relationship with God, I'm going to lead them and do the best that I can to be their father and love them. But I'm going to tell you, if I have that mixed up and I'm trying to love them and find that completion in them, I'm going to have things out of whack, and I'm going to continue to go through this life. And when all my babies move out one day and they get married to good men that I'm praying for right now, When they move out one day, I'm going to fill that void again. When I make all the money I could possibly make and have all the cars and the houses that I can possibly make and I sit in my big mansion one day and I do it apart from God, I'm still going to fill that void. I'm still going to be searching. I'm still going to be seeking. And I feel like God's come this morning. I feel him right now on the top of my head. I feel like God's come today to get somebody right, to get somebody shifted and get somebody's focus back upon him and seeking what's going to fill the void. I came to tell you today that the void can only be filled by one man who is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
in your relationship with him, the shift of heart and the change, the change of mankind's heart into that sincerity and that walk with the Lord. There was a man in the Bible, if you go, if you have your Bibles, you can go to 1 Kings chapter 12, that was faced with the situation that all of us have either faced, we're facing right now, or we will face one day. And I want you to hear me when I talk about it. The, man was the, na the name of the man was Jeroboam. And any of you Bible scholars that are here, you study out the tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel had, had called, or, or Israel had called for a king, and God reluctantly gave him a king, King Saul. And ultimately, King Saul gave way to David, and David gave way to Solomon. And Solomon's son, Rehoboam, took the throne after Solomon's death. And because of the disobedience that Solomon did later in his life, God had orchestrated that the 12 tribes of Israel would split, John. And two of the tribes of Israel, and there was a bad decision that was made that kind of brought it about, was kind of the, the, the linchpin to kind of, or it kind of brought about the situation. Judah and Benjamin went with King Rehoboam, which was the, the, the house of David, which was David's grandson. And the other ten tribes of Israel, the people of God, took Jeroboam, who had been hiding in Egypt, as their king. And Jeroboam had just become king. He was just right into this spot of power. He just came into this spot of influence. He had just stepped into this powerful place where he's at. And Jeroboam was faced with the decision, like I said, that many of us or all of us will face at one point in our life. Some of us have already come through the fire. Some of us have made the bad choice and come back to the right choice. Some of us will have to, to make a choice today and we're right in the middle of that and we're dealing with what we're going to do and some of us maybe this week will face this. He had to choose whether he was going to choose God, whether he was going to choose the Lord's way or he was going to choose a different way. If we could, for preaching's sake today, choose the world's way. He had a choice whether he could choose God's way, which is eternal, right, and flawless. It's flawless. Isn't it so good? I love the Hebrew word. I, it doesn't come to mind right now for God. There's one Hebrew word for God that says, Oh God, or our, our, our God that's eternal. Isn't it good that we lean upon an eternal wisdom and not a temporary wisdom that's shifting and changing? We lean upon something that's eternal, something can, that can be trusted, something that we can build our life upon. But he had to choose between God's way or, or the world's way. I want you to take you to this, I want to take you to this in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 26. It said, Jeroboam thought to himself, Jeroboam thought to himself, anybody right there? Anybody ever been in that place where you, you're right in the middle of a decision? What am I going to do? Am I going to trust God or am I going to go a different way? Am I going to believe God that he's in this and no matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice, no matter even the pain that it might cause me, I'm going to go the direction of God. The Bible says this. says, Jeroboam thought to himself, the kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David. He said, if these people, they go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, note that Jerusalem was in Judah, which did not belong to him as king anymore. He said, if they go back and they worship in Jerusalem, also want to note this, that worshiping in Jerusalem is where the temple was. The temple that God had put in David's heart or was in David's heart and then had been built under Solomon's reign. That was splendor or splendid. It was glorious, majestic, but it was the place where they were to worship. 
That was the place where they would offer sacrifice. That was the place where they were to, to, to offer the incense and all of the, the Mosaic law, or should say the, 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 you know, the Mosaic law, all of those things and that type of worship, that sacrificial worship that was established in the Old Testament was called upon by God to be done in that place and nowhere else at the time. He was worried, he said, if they go back to offer these sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, which is true religion at the time, they will again give their allegiance to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me, and they'll, re they'll return to King Rehoboam. Has anybody ever felt pressure before? Has anybody ever been in a spot where you had to make a choice? And in your mind, in your flesh, it might be painful. It might be painful in your flesh, not your spirit or your soul, but your flesh is, is hurting because of the thought of what might happen if you choose to go God's way. I'm going to tell you, if we can say this, King Jeroboam was dealing with his flesh right here. He was battling with his power. Wait a second. If, if I let them go and serve and worship God, if I let them go and do what God's commanded them to do, if I let them go and offer these sacrifices, then that might compromise my power. That might compromise my influence. That might take away from my reign. That might take away from me. That might take away from my riches. That might take away from my thing. I'm afraid of that. I don't want that. He's wrestling. Anybody else been there besides me? Anybody else wrestled with me and God? My flesh and what God wants. That road that we get. That crossroads that we go through. Jeroboam was wrestling. He was dealing with it. He was battling with it. But, but Jeroboam, he made a bad mistake. A really bad mistake that we want to avoid. The scripture says in verse 28, the next, the next script or the next verse down, it says, After seeking advice, though, the king made two golden calves. After seeking advice. Do you have godly people in your life that you seek out for advice? Do you have people that are around you? I'm going to tell you, I know I'm a youth minister, and I'm just a youth pastor, I know. But I tell kids all the time two things. I said, if you want to know where you're going to be in 10 years, number one, what you're reading matters. And I don't just mean, you know, books. We read garbage and magazines and different things, social media. What you're reading, but, but most importantly, look who you're hanging out with. Look who you're seeking advice from. Look who you're around. But listen to me, that, that doesn't just apply to teenagers. That applies to every husband that's in here, to every wife that's in here, to every man or woman of God that's in here. Parent, all of these things, because we all seek advice. If you don't, you're silly. <laughs> I thought I knew everything about parenting. My gosh, I'd been a youth pastor for... I mean, I could fix every kid, and I was the greatest parent ever. And then I had a baby, right? And I said, Mom, what is this thing, and how do I, what do I do with it? And as nobody ever taught me even to change a diaper. My mom would have, but I never thought to ask her. And so they handed me the baby, and they said, her diaper needs to be changed. And I was looking for somebody to, to change it, but it was me, right? I was a great parent. I used to get on to my sister in the restaurant. Get your kids and discipline them. They're being loud. And now mine's the loudest. She'll bang her, you know, butter knife on the, 
uh, cup and she'll make the loudest noise. She talks more than anybody in the place, anybody that knows her. She sings constantly. I can't get her to be quiet. At night, she falls asleep talking. I mean, I can't get her to do anything I want her to do. She's precious, though, and so sweet. But I was, had it all figured out, right? But then it happened, and I started seeking advice. Started asking for help. What do I do? Obviously, I pray every day. Whitney texted me this morning. What are we going to do? We got to pray. We got to pray. Seek the Lord. We can't let the devil in our house. But who you listen to ultimately affects the direction you go. If you listen to godly people and you listen to people that you know pray and spend time in this word, not just pray, because there's some people I know that pray and they're not, they're not praying up here. I don't, they're praying over here. I'm not sure who they're praying to because this isn't in their heart. This word isn't in their heart. I want people and to seek advice and we've got to get people that we seek advice from that this word is in their heart because this word is a foundation. It's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And if I ever try to build my life upon anything other than this, then it's sinking sand. And when the waves and the rains come and trials of this world come, this house that I've built for myself will fall and crumble because I'm not built it on the foundation. Who are you listening to today? Is it godly people? I feel this right here in my, my heart. Somebody, before you make a decision, you need to seek out godly counsel. Somebody right here in this house today, before you make that choice that you're thinking about making, you need to seek godly people. And you need to continue to pray, but seek out godly advice. But he sought out some advice, and it was bad advice. And ultimately, it led to a, a terrible decision to create, create uh, two golden calves. And then he says this, And he said to his people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. One he set up in Bethel and the other in Dan. He said this, it's too hard. This is what he gave to his people. It's too difficult for you to go to Jerusalem. Can I tell you something today that's become so true, Red, in my life? That there is nothing that I've given up that I ever wanted back. <laughs> There's nothing in following the Lord and seeking him that I've ever wanted to return to. Yes, my flesh has tried to come out and that old man's tried to raise up its head and, and tried to take me back to those old things. But in my heart, I had no desire for it. I didn't want to hold on to it. There was nothing that I gave up. Go talk to the man of God, Joseph, and say if he regretted when, when Potiphar's wife came and presented herself to him to, to lay with him, go ask him if he regretted saying no to her. I guarantee you'll find that it didn't matter if he went to prison. It didn't matter what happened to them. Even if they took his life, he was not going to sin against God because he found something greater. He found something true to this morning. He found something right. He found a relationship with God. He wasn't hiding in the shadows. He came out of that place. But he said, it's too hard for you to do that, is the deception that he gave to them. So don't do it. It's too hard to serve the Lord, so don't try it. Actually, this is what he did. I just feel this right in my heart. Thank you, God. This is what he did. He said, it's too hard to serve God that way, so serve God this way. And this way really wasn't God at all. This way really wasn't the foundation that's eternal. This way was counterfeit. 
This way was filling the void with something that was, was, was temporary and something that was cursed and something that would never satisfy or fulfill or please the one, which that's our true religion and our true desire is to seek Him and to love Him and to please Him with all of our hearts. This did not please God and never would, no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you try to make it please God, it never would. He said, it's too hard to do this, so try this. And the Bible says in verse 30 that, and this thing became a sin. This thing became a sin. And the people came to worship. And this is what got me about this part. But this is where we are in mankind. And it's, it, it, it's so funny when you walk with the Lord, you realize how merciful He really is. But it says, and this thing became a sin, and the people came to worship the one at Bethel, and they went as far as Dan. <laughs> they went as far as Dan to worship the other. They took a longer trip to Dan to worship this idol than they would have to worship the God of Israel, Jehovah, at Jerusalem. Isn't that the deception that Jeroboam presented to them? It's easier. But actually, it was farther for them. They worked harder to get to Dan to worship these false gods than just to submit and worship and follow the one true God. Isn't that true of us sometimes? We work so hard to try and fill that void. We work so hard to try and do it our way. Brad, we spend so much time and energy trying to make ourselves feel good and fill the void. And we spend so much time trying our best to, to just get through life instead of just knowing all of a sudden what life is really all about. And what life is really all about is walking with God and having a relationship with God and knowing Him and seeking Him out and seeking His glory and seeking His desire for us. We work so hard to, to go the opposite direction. That deception is that it's harder that way, but really, or it's harder to serve God, but the truth is, is the way of a transgressor is hard. The truth is, it's harder out there than it is in the presence of God and in the house of God, serving Him, pleasing Him, living for Him. He went further, Jeroboam did, in his replacement of the things of God. The Bible says that he had replaced the Levites who were the God-ordained priests, the people that God had called and established. The people that God had called and established. I feel like saying that. I can say that in this service. The people that God had put his hand on and God had divinely called and said, these are the ones that are going to lead in this area. These are the ones that are going to serve in this area. They're to offer these sacrifices. They're to obey me. They're to give their lives up in this regard and in this service. The Levites are the family that God chose to do that. And Jeroboam, continuing in his deception, dismissed all of them. and said, I don't need you anymore. I'm going to replace you. And the Bible says that Jeroboam appointed priests. He grabbed priests from all over that weren't Levites, weren't called of God. He pulled them in. Gary, go ahead and help me if you're ready. He pulled them in to this worship. And they became a part of this deception and this deceiving. It was a weak attempt by Jeroboam to fill the void. It feels like religion. It feels like power. Or I should say it looks like power. It looks like God. That's what he says to them. That's what the enemy says and presents to them. He said, this is your God now. This is God. Tries to convince them that this is the way to worship now. This is the way you're to submit now and do these things. It's a weak attempt to do that. 
we could attempt to change everything that God had done. He was in that spot. He had to choose, and he chose incorrectly. But I want to share this with you this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 11, verse 15 and 16. It said that when Jeroboam had appointed his own priest for the high places and for the gold and the calf idols he had made, See, there was in the midst of that a people that still desired God. In the midst of the deception, in the midst of the atmosphere and the culture that was, there were still some people that knew what true religion was about. They knew that true religion wasn't even ordinances and true religion wasn't even this or that. True religion was was serving God. True religion was living for Him. True religion was knowing Him. True religion was walking with Him in the way that He desired because my heart is for Him because His heart's always been for me. The Bible says this, that, that those Levites that had been dismissed, they, they, uh, they, they went back to, to Jerusalem. And it says in verse 16, 2 Chronicles 11, it says those from every tribe of Israel, note, not Judah, those that He tried to establish this upon, and that culture had tried to shift on them and tried to put this thing that was a counterfeit and not real and had lacked any power. Those from every tribe of Israel who had set their hearts on seeking the Lord, the God of Israel, they followed the Levites back to Jerusalem. I wonder if there's some people in the house today that need to go back to Jerusalem. And what I mean by that, they need to go back to an authentic and sincere relationship with God and authentic and sincere worship of God to where we're no longer trying our best to fill the void with with work and fill the void with family and fill the void with academic achievements and fill the void with all of these different types of things and career and different types of things. Even some of us try to fill the void with religion. Let me understand or let me explain what I mean by that. We think that rituals and we think through going through the motions and doing all of this somehow it, 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 it's going to help us to fill the void and fix that shame that we feel. But can I tell you today, God sent his only son to die for you. And what happened was the veil was torn. What happened when Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished, that veil tore so you and me could enter into the presence of God, that you and me could walk with God, that you and me could hear His voice, and you and me could, could ulti, could, He would hear our prayers, and we didn't have to go through all of the, the ordinances that were there before. God's desire has always been for you. God's desire has always been to come into relationship with you. True religion is when our heart above all else is to seek the Lord. Stand your feet with me this morning. Give myself away. True worship is when our heart wants to seek the Lord. It wants to call upon His name. It wants to please Him. It wants to do it His way. Because there's some times where, where we want to do things our way. But true religion, true worship is where we give our heart to Him. And let Him work every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thank you this morning for listening to me. I believe with all of my heart that God is speaking. I believe with all of my heart that there's someone right here in the, in the midst of decision. And they have to choose, am I going to go God's way? 
Am I going to go my way? Some of you don't even know it. And I pray like a witness of the Holy Spirit that it hits you right here. I need to make a choice. I need to make a choice right now. In Jesus' name. Some of you, you need to make a choice for the Lord. I want you to lift your hand right here. Lift your hand. This is, Lord, I want you, or Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Thank you. I want you to pray. Thank you for your hand. Thank you. I need to make a choice, and I need God's strength. I need to choose God's way this morning. Anybody else? There's three that, that need prayer for that. Just to partner with you in prayer this morning. I want you to pray this prayer with me, everybody that will. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take my life and lead it. I pray that it would be worship, pleasing to you. I believe you're the Son of God. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we worship the Lord? Can we thank the Lord for that prayer? I give myself away. I want to be a church. I want to be a youth ministry. I want to be a father that turns my heart to seeking the Lord. It's so easy. I'm going to tell you, you say, this doesn't make any sense to me. It's so easy, even in our relationship with God. It's so easy to try and choose our own path and choose our own way. I'm going to do it in my own strength. Can I encourage you today that you're not strong enough to do that? You're not equipped to do that apart from Him. Even if it doesn't make sense, just lean upon His everlasting arm. Trust in Him in your situations. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. I want to say something really fast if I can today. Where is Sandy at today? I prayed for you, prayed with you. Is she still in here? Sandy Hines, did she leave already? She may have left already. Here she is in the back. Would you just raise your hand for a second? I'm going to tell you today, she came down with prayer, and we're obviously praying about it. But she came down already healed. She came down this morning in obedience. You know, the Bible says to call upon, if you're sick, call upon the elders of the church, right? You come. Call upon the elders and let them anoint you with oil. There's an act of obedience, both sides there. She stepped out, and when she got down here, I already knew she was healed. She was just obeying God today. And I'm thankful for that. She came with God's strength. We look all around us. We look all around us. All around you are witnesses of the miracles and the power of God working in your church because of the sacrifice that God's made for us. I'm thankful for that. Are you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for all that you've done. We thank you for our church. We thank you for, God, your church, God. We pray, Lord, that you would go with us as we go forth, that you would give us strength. That you would give us strength and wisdom, God, to make sound choices. God, there's so much riding on this. There's families, God. There's eternity. God, there's the work and plan of God, even in this earth and city and county, surrounding cities and counties, God. I pray that we'd seek you. I pray that we'd go after you. I pray that we wouldn't depend upon what's temporary or seems comfortable, but instead, God, we'd pay the highest price if needed to stand for you. We'd be those people by your strength and by your mercy. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless you.